Hello, I'm Elizabeth, an obsessive backyard gardener who might be able to offer you a couple of tips. And I'm Keith, a landscape consultant, and I'm also passionate about gardening. The one thing we both have in common is muddy muddy boots. One species of plant that is providing my garden and many others with so much colour right now, and it's mid-autumn about now, isn't it, Keith, is the camellia. It's the camellia. (laughs) The camellia, the beautiful camellia. And that colour is going to keep on going through winter and into early spring. They are definitely the heroes of our winter garden and are hard to beat with their glossy evergreen foliage and beautiful flowering period. And they're as tough as nails. And... I think they've been around for hundreds of years, haven't they, Keith? They certainly have. What, have you know a bit of history? Got a bit of history on the old, old camellias? Well, yeah, I have. I have indeed. Uh, but <laughs> these, were the, these were the first plants that I can remember as a child, were camellias. Oh. Uh, you know, the large shrubs with the dark, glossy green leaves and stunning flowers. And the variety that I knew, first of all, was Camellia duponica. Yes, I think that's the most well-known, isn't it, It is, it really? yeah. My, my uncle was an avid gardener, and he gifted to my mum some camellias that became features in the, her garden. Mm-hmm. They, probably that was the trend then, wasn't it? Was, it was, yeah. In the 60s, yeah. 70s? Yeah, sort about of? that. Yep. I'm almost 100, so it's getting close. Oh, you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and I can remember we had, um, I had an auntie who had a, a big farm up in Whittlesea and we used to go up there and to collect cow manure because this was one of the best fertilisers, so my uncle said, for, um, you know... Camellias? For camellias, yes. Oh. So we used to collect all the dry cow pats and put them in a great big large tin drum, mm. cover them with, with, with water, and then uh, they just, just used to break down. We didn't realise it was microbes that was doing that because we just didn't understand anything about microbes, what you couldn't see, you, you didn't, didn't believe. Okay. And so then you would... Did the, Put it over around around the All base around of the, the around the drip line, yeah. And did that was it good? Oh well, did they love yeah, it? Yeah, they just loved it. They thrived, absolutely okay. thrived. Fantastic. So, they originally came from southern and eastern Asia, yes. from the Himalayas, east to Japan and Indonesia, and there were uh, between a hundred and three hundred described species, and that's the nursery um, growers came across them, they loved them. So they uh, hybridised them and uh, to date there's about 20,000 different cultivars. Oh, my God. It's amazing, isn't it? Now, I have a combination of Sasanqua and Japonica camellias in the garden, yep. which I think, are, obviously, as we said, the Japonica is the best known and Sasanqua, I think, is probably the second best known. But there are a couple of other varieties as well, aren't there? Yes, there are. But what are they? Do you know what they are? Um, well, the, there's three main types. Yeah, what are There's they? Camellia japonica, which we've mentioned. Yep. Sasanqua yep. and reticulata. Yes. Now, what is the reticulata? Because I haven't seen that, I don't think. Yeah, you think I, I think you probably would have. Oh. Um, reticulata is, is um, um, a, a, a cross, but it's an incredibly hardy variety. Mm. Um, so, the, the, you know, for shade, for instance, the best variety is um, the Sasanqua camellias for, for you know, for shade, yeah, um, and 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 japonic is also well. Sasangua, don't the Sasangua handle the sun? Or do some varieties of the other? It's hard to say. The Sasangua quite like a bit. Or they're a bit more they, hardy when it comes to yes, the sun. Yeah. yeah. So so the japonics will grow in in an understory situation. Yeah. So yeah. will the Sasanquas, but not not as much as the japonicas. But the reticulata, are like they're a bit more. Uh, hardy in warmer climates. They are. Is that because that's what I read, and that's yes. why I haven't seen them. So I don't think, no, unless you, you can tell me where I can yeah, find them. Uh, yeah. 
I had I had quite a few um, reticulatus back in the other place that we had up in, oh, up did in you? off Humphreys Road. Oh, yeah. okay. Um, and they're, they're, they were selected because of their, their beautiful flowers, rather than and the, and the, they've got a different leaf. They've got a much sharper leaf than um, the, pointy, than the normal japonica. Yeah, and much pointier. Flowers are bigger, aren't they? They're bigger flowers. Yeah. Yes. Okay. There's one other variety that I haven't seen, and that's the sinensis. Yes. Right. What do you know about them? Ooh, I think Sinensis is probably the most popular <laughs> camellia in the whole world. There are more more Sinensis grown per square metre than there is of any other particular variety of camellia. How's that? Because, well, you know what it is. It's, You've had a little look. Yeah, <laughs> because it's where we get the tea from. Is that That's right? That's dead right, yeah. <laughs> Camellia sinensis is where the tea comes from. Okay, but we haven't got them in the garden. No, but <laughs> and that's and that's not not really, you know, not, not grown at all for flowers. It's, no. uh, it's just grown for that particular thing. Now, did you know that in Chinese, just to butt in there, camellias are called cha hua, I probably pronounced that wrong, yep. and which means tea flower. So that's, that's right. related to the sinensis, obviously. So cha is the name for tea. Yes. No. Oh. There you go. My little bit, my little bit of information there. I'll fill in, fill in a bit more a bit later on. Okay. Oh, good. Okay. Okay. Keep going. All right. So, back in the eighties and the nineties, I used to use um, in my designs clipped hedges um, of, of camellias, you know, to, to give the garden a bit of structure, a bit of form, but that beautiful flowering yes. flushes that it used to come. And the best species for clipping, of course, is the sasanqua. Mm-hmm. Um, and for low hedges, they provide a beautiful white variety called Camellia sasanqua. Setsugeka. Yes, which I have. Yes, um, yes. You know, or you know, a, 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 but where people wanted a, a pink or a more ready, there's a, a um, another variety called Camellia sasanqua, dwarf shishi. Shishi. Okay. Shishi, okay. and they 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 both work beautifully in the landscape. Now, so Setsugeka are good. The Setsugeka flowers almost look like a fried egg. That's right. Yes, yeah. which but it's still very very pretty. Beautiful. Yep. But I had a particular favourite that mm. um, that I managed to source. For our own garden, mm. um, and it was one with semi-double blooms, and it initially started off in a coral pink colour, mm. then gradually faded to a shade of purple. Wow! And she had a, a name that I just absolutely adored. Mm. Her name was Camellia Japonica Donna Herzilla de Freitas Magalhães. Um, and the flowers were, were somewhat dependent on the soil pH because we know that, that most um, camellias like an acid soil. They do. Um, but, and, the, and the more acid created the beautiful deep purple colour on this, on this particular plant. But with an, an alkaline soil, we got this beautiful red pink coming into it. Um, you know, which is a bit surprising, you know, with uh, with that because they love lots of humus, um, good drainage, and they like to be a little bit protected from the sun. Okay, that's a japonica, isn't it? Mm. Okay, we'll have to look that one up. I haven't seen that one. Gorgeous, love it. Now, do you have any? Oh, sorry, any camellias in your garden now? No, I think I cut them all out and got rid of them because they weren't didn't fit with the style, um, the, the current style. Or no, why did you cut they, them out, Keith? Well, they were they were not camellias were not quite my Cup of tea. I'm sorry to say. Oh, they were. Bef- oh, okay. I they, they were back were in the, the 80s and 90s. Okay, but, so you've you know, grown out of the style. I've just grown out of it. You know, well, I've had, had enough. <laughs> fair enough. We've come into this garden, which was, uh, you know, this garden was definitely a 50s, 60s sort of garden, mm. and it's full of camellias, and I do love them, especially, well, especially at this time of the year because there's not much the, else flowering. There's not a lot else flowering, mm. and you know, they're just absolutely beautiful. But anyway, I'm yep. going to hang on to mine. I'm not cutting any out. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> All right. So we know that the most most popular variety. Is the, the sinensis? Oh, okay. That, because Sorry. that's what it's called, away. Right. Um, 
and sinensis means means from China. That's what uh, it actually does means. It? Okay. But within this, there are actually four recognised varieties of this. Mm. There's sinensis variety sinensis, sinensis variety asemica, and these were both used to produce tea, and the latter was known as the Darjeeling tea. Oh, I've heard um, of that one. Yeah, so that was quite interesting. And the camellia was named after George Camel. Uh, the name was Latinized. Mm. Uh, he was a he was born in the Greek, in the Czech Republic. He was a, baton, a, a botanist. He was a lay brother. He was a pharmacist. He was a missionary to the Philippines, and he he only lasted forty five years. But he was bestowed okay. this acknowledgement not because he discovered the specimen specimen uh, or the species, but to honour his contributions to botany. Okay. So there you go. Good for George Camel. Thank yeah. you, George Camel. We appreciate that. Okay, so let's go down to the basics. Generally, the camellias, as we said, prefer light shade, but some of the sasanquas can cope with full sun as long as the position isn't too open to the elements, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. And that they've got good Acid- drainage. And good acidic soil. Now, how do we – so what pH does that – you know, we, we – um, Anything between planting. five and a half to six okay. is what, what they really enjoy. They grow well in. And you've just – if you want to keep them really, really going and powering along, then they need lots and lots of humus. Okay. Sort of kick that in. Okay. So when we, when we buy our camellia from the nursery, we bring it home, we do a soil test. We, it's, probably, it's possibly going to be a seven, so we've got to put in um, – You put in – Little, a little bit of anything into the soil that's going to acidify it. One of the best natural ways that you can actually apply that is, is by using pine needles. Okay. I thought so, you, think you, you said know, that before. masses and masses of pine needles. If you've got a, you know, where there's a pine plantation or a pine tree, go and rake yeah. all those up and stick those in. And so that should bring it down. No, that will help to, break, to bring that, that soil pH down. Okay. Um, the other way to bring it down is, is um, by using um, a nitrogenous fertiliser such as ammonium nitrate. Okay. You can apply that, and that'll that'll lower the pH, All right. uh, and that's that's a, a nice quick way of, of, of pulling it down, um, rather than having to um, use you know things like flowers of sulphur, which are not water soluble. Right. They have to be broken down in amongst the humus in, within the soil, um, and they and then they they are broken down by the microbes, mm-hmm. which then turns that sulphur into sulfuric acid. Right. And that then pulls the pH down. Okay. So Don't much easier to get, get a little bit of pine needles. needles and dig all that through yeah. the, your, your soil first and then yeah. put your plants in lots and lots of humus. Okay, and lots of compost as mm. usual, of course. Beautiful. Yes. Um, once they're in, how often do you recommend feeding them and what are we feeding them with? Um, well, if you, if you, it, they should really be fed uh, heavily in spring, you know, and... A, a balanced when they organic. Finish, finish flowering, but start the yeah. growth period starts yeah, again. That's yep, right. Yep. So you, you you would they're best fertilised in early spring mm-hmm. after they're finished flowering, and that sets them up for for the following season's growth and flowering. Okay. Um, and and anything that's balanced in in a fertiliser range, you know, something like Charlie Carp or yes. n- one of the Nutrog products, yes. Sudden Impact for Roses. They've got a camellia base now. Yes. Um, and so good for roses, gardenias, yeah, azaleas, azaleas, camellias, the all whole those lot. acid loving plants. Blueberries. Blueberries. Yes. Absolutely. Yes, yes. Yes. Fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Now I haven't had too many problems with my plants so far, but the leaves of one of the sasanquas running along the fence line, has been repeatedly infected with small black dots each year. Mm-hmm. Am I putting you on the spot by asking you what that could be? Black dot? Um, <laughs> so really sort of a raised, on... slight, slightly raised black dot on the leaves. On the underside or the... O- no, the oversides, the, the top On the outside, the top, top side. side. Yep. It's not scale, is it? 
I don't know. I'll have to show you, but it's it's just it's on one particular plant, yeah. and it's quite. So, it's sounds a, like scale to me. Okay. Um, they, they they can be susceptible to scale. Okay, so that's what we, one of the things we should look. So then, for. Yeah, so therefore, you need to treat that with something like eco oil and eco neem mixed okay. together. Some spray, it's an spray. ongoing spray, okay, every couple of weeks. Yep. Okay, and that'll just smother them. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. What other diseases or pests should we look out for? They're, they're pretty tough, aren't pretty they? Pretty really? tough. Um, sometimes the, the possums can get into them. Oh, um, which they get, they're getting to everything. They We've get got a plague of those at the moment. <laughs> oh, dreadful. Um, but generally, if, if, you, if you ensure that they've got the right conditions, that is, you know, acidic soil, lots of humus, um, a, a, a good feed in spring, they're they pretty, pretty much fireproof and windproof and okay. dustproof and... Good proof. Okay, good. Uh, another one, another camellia, a japonica, which flower, I don't know if this is related, but flowers late, one of the latest flowers, it tends to hold on to these, uh, what do you call them, uh, hard, after flowering, hold on to these hard balls. Is that yep. bud balling? It is. is that's, that a, that's a seeding. That's a seed. That's okay. a seed pack. Okay. Um, you those? just pull those off. Oh, really? Yeah. Simple just as that. Just pull them off, cut them off, pull them off, get, okay. them, get rid of them. I also read something about putting Epsom salts into water and water around the plant. Yeah, but that's just providing a bit of magnesium. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. I was going to say, do you, oh, actually, do you ever use camellias in your designs? You don't, do you? Um, I, I have. Depending on what the depending client on, depending requests? Depending what the client likes, yeah. Okay. If they want lots of beautiful flowers and a, and a garden that's going to be flowering from woe to go, then they've got, a, they've got their, their spot in there during the autumn right through to the spring. Oh, yes. Well, we'd like them. I'd love them. Now, Edna Wallinger. I know she's, you're a fan of hers. Mm-hmm. She used them a great deal in her designs, didn't she? She did, and and, I, and she used them to create garden rooms. You yes. know, because they were a plant that became that, that as they grow becomes incredibly dense and thick. You can't see through them. Uh, they have this natural sort of a rounded shape to them, mm. um, and planted out, she, you know, you could create you know walls basically mm, mm. that. Were then opened up with a, a in a little doorway in the middle or a little gap in the middle, and that uh, so was into a into a uh, garden room. So so pretty. Um, now the color the colors the flower colors range from pure white through every single shade of pink and onto red, and come in a wide variety of shapes and sizes mm-hmm. too. So they really are a useful plant. To have Absolutely. In the garden, aren't they? Okay. Well, look, I can't think of anything negative about the camellia, but I can run through a list of positives. Go on, give us some positives. Go on. You might convince me to start. Come on, you need to get one back in there. They're neat and evergreen. Yes. They flower right through autumn and winter in a wide range of beautiful shades. And that's a big plus. Yes. They're happy in a pot or in the garden. Mm -hmm. They're happy, obviously, as a tree, a hedge, or a spalliard. I can never say that word, a spalliard. And they're easy to grow. They are. So... There's uh, um, my mate um, Chris England from um, um, he, he grows lots and lots of espalier plants. Oh yes, yes. You know, and uh, he's doing a lot of camellias at the moment. Of course he you know, is, because they you know they, they just give so, such a wonderful um, you know amount of flowering for this flowering particular colour. Flowering colour and the yeah. evergreen. Leaf. Merrywood plants. That was what Merrywood I was plants. To, yeah. That's right, Chris from Merrywood plants. So after all that, do you think you can find a place for a camellia in your garden, Keith and listeners? Or maybe I'll think about it. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Muddy Boots. For more information on today's podcast, please go to muddyboots.net.au and happy gardening.